0: Welcome to The Marketer's Journey, a podcast that delivers real conversations and fresh perspectives from senior marketing executives who share the journey they've taken and the buyer journey they create. And now here's your host, Randy Frisch. Hey, marketing leaders and business leaders. I am Randy Frisch and thank you for
1: tuning in to The Marketer's Journey. To give you a little bit of a sneak peek to this episode, I have a guest who's been on my list since day one. I was very excited to have Ryan Benici, who's the CMO at G2 On, and we went deep into his career. When I say deep, you know, it's it's not that long of a career as he says, you know, in the last 10 years, but in those 10 years, he's had long stays, roughly two years, three years at companies like Exact Target. Salesforce, HubSpot, and now he is the CMO at G2, a company that's just killing it and helping a lot of us understand what software to buy as part of our tech stacks. Now, the cool part that you'll see that he unpacks is getting to a CMO for, role for him for a much more global growth company came through being able to own areas of a business in more regional areas, Ryan is from Australia, as you'll hear with the accent, so he's overseen some of these bigger companies with their regional marketing teams, and a lot of benefit comes from that. I I think it allows him to understand how to lead a team without necessarily having been the CMO of, of Salesforce or CMO of HubSpot, but still running a region and having to think about all those different aspects. So I found that really interesting. There's a lot of other aspects that we start to dig in in the second half of the show where we look at how Ryan thinks about the community aspect, very tied to G2, but very tied to all of our buyer journeys. We had a very natural, organic conversation. I'll let you tune in. Without further ado, let's welcome Ryan Benici. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for making time. Always busy as a CMO, but now we get to talk about how you became that. So maybe for those who don't know you as well as I do, tell them where you're a CMO today, what G2 is all about, and how you got in there.
2: Sure, thanks. It's nice to catch up, Randy. Um, So yeah, my name's Ryan Benici. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at G2, formerly known as G2 Crowd. Been here for about two years now. Joined G two from HubSpot, where I spent three or so years there, building their marketing and and just their business in Asia Pacific, I guess. And then, yeah, prior to HubSpot was at Salesforce, Exact Target, Microsoft. Quite quite a few companies that I feel really lucky looking back to have been at. So um, yeah,
0: yeah, it's been I, quite
2: I, a journey to get to getting here, yeah, and um,
0: it's weird unpack- to think that. that
2: it's yeah only been ten years or so. So yeah, it's been, it's been a fun 10 years.
1: Well, there's, there's people who are going to tune into this podcast who are probably sitting there saying, if I could just get a job at one of those companies, let alone in your case, all of those companies, <laughs> uh, is really, really interesting. And, and I'm going to guess, just given, you know, for those who, who aren't as familiar with HubSpot and Salesforce and ExactTarget, all in the marketing technology space, all mm. in the software space, which probably groomed you pretty well, for a role at g2 which is all about what software is the best software in the in the view of a community
2: yeah absolutely i mean i think it grew me in a few different ways i mean i think this when i kind of look at my path and my career and everything i think the two things that have probably been the most beneficial to me one is that i've yeah always marketed so i've always been a marketer at a martech company which i think the benefit of that is that Typically, like you will use your product better than any of your customers, um, right? At Salesforce, you know we use our CRM better than any of our customers because you know we were building it, we were on the cutting edge of it, so we were pushing it to new levels. Same as HubSpot, right? HubSpot uses HubSpot better than everyone, and it's the HubSpot marketing team a lot of the time that's actually, you know, putting in asks to product about like developing new features and new integrations and whatnot, and so. I think like you know gosh if i think if I think back ten years ago, which was when I was at what at Microsoft and exact target, you know back then this is when like email and digital and everything was really kind of ramping up and getting a lot more advanced and And it was interesting because I I was really well positioned to be able to have these really senior conversations with CMOs at prospect companies because they couldn't do this lifecycle marketing. They couldn't do all of these amazing customer journey, digital touchpoint-focused marketing without us. And so, you know, being that platform, you know, a marketer can have as many ideas as they want, but they ultimately need technology today. It's like it's, it's almost impossible to execute on any marketing campaign now without tech you know, even if it's a billboard, right. You still need like, you know, creative tech and software to actually design your ads, let alone everything else. So, so that set me up pretty well. I think, you know, just connecting me really closely to technology, which is what I love and and help me learn and push those companies forward. I'd say like the other big thing for me was that being a regional marketer is something that I looking back now am really fortunate for. And what I mean by a regional marketer was, you know, I was, you know, the first marketer, for exact target in asia pacific and then built you know the marketing teams at salesforce and at hubspot in sydney in japan in singapore and in india in asia and so while i wasn't a cmo i think when i look back i was i was kind of like a mini cmo effectively right like i was running everything from demand gen to pr to social to content to events so I was kind of like, I think what, what what I didn't realize at the time, but it kind of threw me into having to learn all of these different things that I didn't have as much experience in, which is what set me up quite nicely to then move into the CMO role um, when G2 came knocking. It's really interesting.
1: I You know, when you describe it that way, it's essentially you're the general manager in a sense for a business unit of the company. And it's, it's interesting when you look at some of these companies that you joined and you know, you look at exact target that was pro- they were probably pretty big at the time you already joined them. Is that fair to say? Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It would have been around a thousand people maybe when thousand, I joined. Right. And yeah. So yeah, same thing, obviously, Salesforce
1: obviously would have been a giant already in, in 2013 and, and so on with HubSpot. Mm. Uh, and I guess that joining a company of that size and taking that regional opportunity, those, those opportunities become available because that company's ready to go to that next degree of scale.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And what's really nice there is that you then get the ability of like functioning as a startup within a bigger company, right? So you get all of the pros of being in a big company in terms of the brand, the process, you know, like the sales rigor, um, revenue, um, you know, culture, identity, you have just all of these things. So it actually means that, you like the, the MVP and everything on top of that is already like very well established. So you can then actually play around a lot more in terms of the marketing levers to best pull, to help, you know, you grow in that regional segment because you're not needing to worry about, you know, finding MVP at, at, at the most basic level. And so I think that was, that also allowed me to really focus more in on kind of like marketing and being creative and, looking at what was happening out there in the world and what I could steal from others and their ideas and build into my own. So, yeah, it was interesting. And, you know, being now at G2, where, when I joined, I think we were around 200 people
0: Yeah, now so we're I- at
2: about 400 people. So that's been, that was also like a very different experience. Um, and I hadn't been at a company this size for a really long time. So again, kind of had to kind of like re reset some of like my, my kind of understandings of how things get done.
1: So let's, let's take a little bit more on that for a minute here, because I'm I'm curious, both in terms of your willingness to take that, that leap to a company where, as you said, it was 200 people, and as well at the same time for the leadership group at G2 to say, okay, we're ready to go and bring on a CMO who has previously run these regions, but is now going to run a global initiative at a much smaller scale. How do you think each side had a, had a struggle with that dilemma.
2: Yeah. Good question. I mean, I think for me, uh, what I loved about the opportunity with G2 was that, you know, I'd, for what the last decade I'd always been a marketer for individual companies with individual products and you know, every product has its pro and con and no product is right for every customer. But at the end of the day, when you're marketing software at a company, you know, you're wanting to market it to as many people as possible, right? And to try have as much sales as possible. And so I think what I really loved about joining G2 is we we don't represent any one software platform, right? You know, all of them, tens of thousands of them are all on our platform and it's their customers that actually decide, you know, how good they fare on our site, not us. And so I really liked the idea of being able to actually actually not represent an individual software platform, but actually represent a marketplace where, you know, the best software platforms for you um, as a buyer would rise to the top. So that was, a, I think, a, a big fun thing for me. And the other component was, you know, it was uh, our situation is so much more complex than any software company that I ever worked for because we are a marketplace, and you know, just like Uber and Airbnb have buyers and sellers on both sides, so do we, right? So we have millions of buyers coming to our website every week looking for the best software for their businesses. And then on the flip side, we have, I don't know, tens of thousands of software companies that are trying to best connect with those buyers. So the dynamic of just that marketplace and like how do you balance growth between both sides? How do you optimize spend? a lot of that has been new learnings for me. Um, and, and I think, you know, if you look at my career, while a lot of those companies that I've worked at seem quite similar, they've all been really, really different in terms of what I've needed to do. Um, so at Microsoft, I was much more focused on consumer marketing at exact target. I was much more focused on enterprise B2B marketing. So selling to, you know, really big accounts at Salesforce. It was a bit of a mixed mixture of everything really. HubSpot, the complete opposite, right? It's all about scaling, you know, to as many small, medium businesses as possible. So I've kind of like always jumped into a field where I don't know as much. And I take, you know, a good six months in in the new role to kind of get up and, up and running. And it t- typically it's not until like 12 months in when I feel like, in a new company, in a new space. Like I, I know as much as everyone else. And from the 12 month onwards point, that's typically when I find I can start to pull on my experiences from other industries and other companies and other roles to then kind of do a better job than other people in in my space. Now that I've like learned what they already
1: know. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious because as, as you kind of walk through that, that aspect of the unknown and jumping into the unknown is as, as much as there were different, buyer groups or or buyer personas, if you will, at Salesforce versus HubSpot, the less similarity that you could extrapolate your knowledge from. What have you done to research and meet people who can help you understand how to run these double-sided marketplaces? Because being the CMO, I'm sure your team expects you to have that plan know some of the things that that are going to help you succeed? Like have you managed to connect with people from the Airbnbs, the Ubers, you know, maybe a a glass door, love them or hate them? Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I have. Absolutely. I mean, I think I'm fortunate in that like the, in terms of one side of the double-sided marketplace being a side that I know very intimately well. Right. So you know, I, I'm very familiar with like how to sell to SaaS marketers and to SaaS businesses. And that's how, where we make our money, right? Through SaaS companies buying subscriptions to G2 because they want to better control their brand on G2. They want to you know, do review automation, review generation, and they want to connect G2 up to their CRM to better create buyer intent signals for their sales teams to know who to proactively prospect to. So I felt really good on that front. So yeah, it, was com- it has been companies like like Facebook, like Uber, like Yelp, Glassdoor, comparably I've spoken to like folks on, on the growth teams and growth leaders at all of those companies to learn from them. We also have like another component, which makes it tough for us, which is really around kind of most of those companies that I just mentioned, they're typically for really quick purchases. Even Amazon is, is predominantly quick purchase. Whereas when you're buying software and you're reviewing software, it's typically a much more um, life cycle focused kind of like process. And you're not just looking for a a star rating that you're actually wanting to know, like if the product integrates with the other systems that you use, So it's just, it's a little bit different. And so I would say that, you know, I was able to learn a lot from those companies in terms of like how they think about growth experiments and how they balance different sides and different needs of marketplaces. I don't know if like, I don't know if I've totally like unlocked the paradigm yet just for myself around kind of how best to optimize a software marketplace in our space, just because, you know, a review takes five to 10 minutes. Um, Right. People don't buy software daily, right? They buy annually, if not, you know, multi-year, and the way people buy is kind of different. So, so yeah, there's been a lot of lessons from those companies, but um, but I think a lot of them I'm also just having to kind of
1: learn by trial and error on the job too. That's great. Well, maybe we'll, we'll unpack a little bit more of that, Ryan, in the second half here. What we're going to do right now is take a little break, here from some software sponsors here uh, who are probably on G2 as well, <laughs> uh, and then we'll be right back with Ryan Bonucci learning about his buyer's journey.
0: Want to create high converting experiences for your demand strategies that accelerate pipeline and drive revenue? Look no further than our presenting sponsor, Uberflip. Named a leader in content experience by G2 and a leader in content activation by Forrester, Uberflip will help you accelerate every buyer journey by creating bingeable experiences that will allow your prospects to consume more content faster. Companies like Trimble, Wiley, and Stantec are using Uberflip to power their go-to-market strategies. And we created one just for you. Head to uberflip.com slash journey to see how uberflip can help you leverage the power of personalized content experiences to drive demand.
1: All right, Ryan. So we unpacked your career journey. And as we know today, you are the CMO of G2, or as I like to say, the artist formerly known as G2 Crowd. <laughs> uh, and you know, I, I think what G2 does as we talk about the buyer journey is very interesting because I think a lot of us think of software purchases as the goal is to get the buyer to spend time with our sales team. And that's everything that marketing's trying to do is drive you mm. to our sales team. And then the sales team is going to do a great job at closing business. The other cool way that a lot of us hope for is word of mouth. And and is it fair to say that that the future is to, to make word of mouth easier?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that we should necessarily as marketers stop trying to focus on, you know, how do we best connect our sales teams or our consulting teams with, with buyers? I think the the reality though, is that like, whether we like it or not, those buyers are so much more informed now than they ever were before. And they don't need necessarily to speak to your sales team. So, and what I mean by that is that there's so many providers today now that are just allowing people to buy stuff, like try, you know, 30 day trials, for example, freemium packages, or just buying with credit card. And so I think, you know, what we're seeing is it's all about ultimately reducing friction to sale. And so if a buyer can learn a lot about your product and service from your customers online by coming to g2.com, like they much prefer to do that. Then, you know, if they have questions and they need technical details answered or they want to better understand how to integrate something, no doubt, like speaking to, you know, a solutions engineer at your company or, you know, an experienced sales consultant will help them. But I think the the sales process is, is really broken in the world. Right. And the idea of like, you know, the first call is like we ask questions of the prospect to better understand who they are. We don't show them products. And, you know, maybe in call number two, we might show them some screenshots of the product. In call number three, maybe we show them a demo because like now we've been able to craft the demo enough based on what we hear from them. Like we just, I think as businesses, we've created all of these steps to make sales teams be more efficient. And in doing so, in some ways, we've, we've kind of like lost a lot of the humanity of buying. And I think the reality is no one enjoys buying. I mean... I should kind of preface that by saying, because like, I, I love buying clothes. I love buying gadgets, but I like being in control of the buying process, right? Like when I'm right. buying electronics, I go on Amazon, I find out what I want and I buy it and it's there, you know, late, maybe later that day or the next day. I don't actually enjoy speaking to sales consultants. I want to be able to learn everything objectively online. I'll watch YouTube videos and then I, I want to be empowered to get what I want, but I don't, want there to be a barrier there so okay. i think we we've kind of i don't know i'm curious like do you enjoy speaking to sales reps So like you you like me are a senior a, marketer you must get a lot
1: it's funny i mean it, it depends on i guess what i'm buying and, and what experience i want yeah. i'll give you a great experience a great example of a bad experience that's not in our space of software which is buying mm. a car i mean yeah. the, every time i have to buy a car it's just painful you yeah. go in there, you know what you want, you know you're gonna have to haggle a bit, but then the process where they gotta go in the other room and leave you for 20 minutes so that they pretend that they're doing whatever they're doing, or actually doing something that inefficient, <laughs> drives me nuts. Uh, totally. And, and it's, it's interesting, I mean, pulling it more into the software space it was very interesting, uh, this just happened. I, I can't say the vendors or the, or the solution, but we mm-hmm. were evaluating an Uberflip buying a solution and, and given that we we know a lot of the Martech players well, we partner with a lot of them. It's hard to pick one because it, it's like choosing your children. Which one of them <laughs> do you love more? And one of the one of the people I have a relationship with, one of the vendors said, "Well, I, I don't feel like you spent enough time evaluating us. You know, we mm-hmm. only got this much time with you, and you chose someone else." And and my answer to them was, "We don't need a lot of time." You know, to mm-hmm. your point, Ryan we you know we may be reading reviews on G2 we may be talking to other companies that we know that use different solutions we may have people on our team who have used different solutions at different companies and stops along mm. the way so a lot of our opinions are formed it's it's really specific details that in some cases we can we can knock off in a 1 hour call totally Totally.
2: And I think to your car point, right, I'm just, I love, I think one of the things that's made me a really good marketer is that I'm just very much like a consumer and I'm always consuming marketing messages and learning from them. And I think that Carvana have done just such a great job lately in marketing the value of their platform in terms of like using an app like listing your car selling your car just basically removing every single pain point out of buying and selling cars and like let's be real like have you seen their ads with their like their car vending machine like i don't even know if that even really exists or not but it's a really buzzy thing that gets lots of people talking about it so they've done a great job at that like and to your point i'm with you i've just recently bought a car and I didn't, I just went online, put my credit card in and then I got delivered a week later and it was heavenly, like That's truly amazing. the most heavenly experience ever. And so, yeah, I think like, I think as marketers and as like leaders in business, we need to try and work out how do we, how do we like let really great products shine through and how do we kind of reduce friction so that buyers can learn as much as they need to and come by as quickly as possibly.
1: Well, it's very interesting as you, as you say that, I think to myself, a lot of this software that we're buying, a lot of the solutions that we're buying out in the market, they're designed to streamline the way we do business. So take something as simple as e-signature, a solution like DocuSign Mm. or HelloSign, other tools like that. They're really taking this archaic way of getting multiple parties to sign a document where they have to sign, print, scan, email. I mean, I'm not talking fax days. I'm just talking modern day. (laughs) And they make it so simple. Yet as you pointed out, when it comes to the sales process on those same solutions, we, we drag people through these elongated processes that maybe don't have to be.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I think that comes down to oftentimes marketers not doing a great job in in kind of qualification at asking people like where they are at in the buying process. You know, because if I think of myself, right, like we... When I joined G2, I did a bit of an, I did a massive overhaul of our, of our Martech and all the technology we were using. And I remember very vividly like filling out some demo forms of these platforms that I wanted to buy and then having to go through like these sales calls. And I remember just vividly being like, hey, I don't think you understand. Like I'm ready to buy. Like let's start talking price. Like I don't want to <laughs> know. Like and and then, and they almost were like, well, no, actually, we want to like run you through these things. And I was like, no, no, you don't get it. Like views your platforms many times. Like I just want to buy. Like let's talk about pricing. And it was like a lot of pushback. And I think I had to like escalate it to like a more senior person at a company that I knew to be like, hey, I don't know what the deal is here. Like. Uh, I just want, like, I'm trying to buy, (laughs) like, let me give you my money, please. I don't want to waste time talking to sales reps. No, just credit to sales reps, but it's just like, I'm a marketer. I want to do marketing and I know what I need to do marketing. I don't need to talk to someone. So, yeah, I think I, I mean, we're definitely hearing really good feedback from, you know, the millions of buyers that come to our site every week around how like we're helping them find that better technology. And we find that like, you know, some of our competitors that have similar looking sites, but that are paid to play, like Captera is an example. We have a lot of companies that or buyers that will come to us after they have bought technology off of Captera And then they'll say, hey, we never even realized that, like when we were on Captera, the list was ordered by who was paying the most to be there. So mm-hmm. they bought software that they were thinking was going to be good for them. Turned out to be horrible for them, and then they realized, like after only going through that horrible experience, that it was pay to play. And so, I think by focusing on just like quality and you know being really authentic and having trusted reviews, like is going to see us win in the long term, and and our traffic's growing faster than all of our competitors. So that's nice too.
1: Well, maybe one of the things that we uncovered that's maybe the silver <laughs> bullet is is if you start evaluating software on who has the best buying experience, the best you know process in buying that technology maybe that's an extra column that we need on that list not just yeah, on how well exactly. the tech works but but what was it like actually going through the selling process mm. was it efficient was it yeah
2: open and honest totally and that's something that we've actually been toying with the idea of like do we you know because right now most of the questions that we ask for when people are leaving reviews is much more focused on the software the implementation we don't focus a whole lot of questions on the buying process and you know how authentic was your sales rep and like how would you rate your sales rep or your consultant and i've thought about that as like an interesting area for us to go down potentially just to give more information back to these software companies around how they could do a better job because i'm sure you know there's companies out there that have great products but maybe sales teams that don't do a great job of selling those products in a great way and so like if i was a a, a gm of that company i would want to you know change things up a little bit potentially absolutely.
1: Um, absolutely so yeah it's a
2: fun space i mean and technology is like everywhere right like you and i right now are talking on zoom i've got google docs open in the background evernote open in the background my google calendar open like I think without realizing every day i'm probably using two dozen different pieces of software at a minimum right yeah. maybe you were using even more than that um you know th- there's no way of getting around it um but yeah it's definitely an important
1: Definitely exciting space that you've landed in, and and really interesting how it it actually ties back into an area that you're so passionate about, which is is mapping better buyer journeys through Salesforce, HubSpot, Exact Target, all all coming into full cycle here at G two. Ryan, we're going to keep you around after a short break here. We'll take a quick sure. pause, and then we're going to hear how you take breaks as Sounds part good. of your journey. Hey Ryan, so we we've learned about your career journey, which is fascinating. The buyer journey that you you're creating over at G two, but what about taking time for yourself for your family? I know you got some dogs. How do you make time for all that? Being the CMO of a company that's growing at a crazy rate. Yeah, you know, I've always
2: this hasn't ever been something that's been a massive struggle for me, and I think I'm lucky in that I'm Australian and I grew up outside of the u.s to be honest so in australia you know like i guess a lot of parts of the world now um annual leave is something that's kind of part of the, the, the government set so in australia right you know it's like my it's like my privilege to get four sorry privilege isn't the right way to putting it it's like my like like legal right that i should get four <laughs> weeks off a year so I don't know, I grew up in that kind of a system whereby I don't feel grateful for that. Like that's just like the bare minimum I that I like have. It's like to brushing get that. your teeth. It's like brushing yeah, your teeth. Yeah, it's kinda just it's really like brushing your teeth. It's just something that you don't think about. And so I've always been really, really a big believer in that. Like in Australia, we talk a lot about our culture. It's like work hard, play hard. And I don't think like I can work as hard as I do if I don't, you know, to have to have time off. And so I've always been really direct with my bosses and that, you know, I like to take three to four weeks off every year around, you know, the holidays. So, you know, like in, in a few weeks, um, after kickoff, um, for around new year, I'm going to Bali for three weeks just to Very like nice. completely shut out from work, live in the rainforest, do lots of yoga. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just a really big believer and you need to like switch off from work. And, and I have pretty like good boundaries around, I, I, try not to text colleagues after hours or slack them after hours if my boss texts me after hours i won't reply to him until the morning i just like to to train people that it can be hard to i mean don't get me wrong if he's if he's texting me and he's like the world is burning down right now we need help like obviously different story but the reality is like 99 percent of the texts are more just like ideas and things like that and it can be easy to you can if you like what you do, which I do, it's easy to then get seduced and then respond in the moment. But I, um, I like have, I think over the years learned to actually not do that. And, to not just like slack my team when I have a random idea and instead maybe add it to their Asana project for our one-on-one so that I'll speak to them in a few days when we actually catch up. And that way I'm not like, you know, missing and messing up in their flow. And I think by doing that, my team has learned that and they do the same things. And so, yeah, when I go on vacation for those three weeks in Bali, like I will delete every work app from my phone. I won't check email. Like I truly won't. And my team knows like my VPs know if they need me, they can call me. But I mean, we're not solving cancer here at G2 as much as I love what I do. Like no one's going to die. And so, yeah, I think, I think if you're a leader that can't take holidays and you need to be on, that is a big fat sign that you are a failure as a leader because you haven't built a team that can lead without you. And that's like my biggest job in my mind is like to build teams that can function without me and don't need my help to make decisions. And, you know, if they want my input and I can be additive, great. But, um, but yeah, I, I'd feel like I was a complete failure if they needed me for everything.
1: Uh, I think a great philosophy, one that's it's definitely hard to live by, but uh, I'm sure you you've got a better balance just by making it such a focus. So thanks a lot for sharing that, Ryan. Thanks for sharing everything that you've brought to the marketer's yeah, journey great today, to start, Randy. Yeah, this was great. Uh, you know, we really got a, a great idea of your entire career, how you think about the buyer, and how you. You know, make a focus for your your own personal life within that, all within about thirty minutes. So I, I hope everyone who has tuned in has enjoyed this. Every week I'm getting to chat with amazing executives, have different ways that they've scaled to the leadership roles that they're in. Ryan's story is truly unique, and I hope you'll listen in to some of the other unique ones that we've got. Until next time, this has been the Marketer's Journey. I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. Thank you so much to Ryan Bonici from G2. Thanks, Randy. See ya.